From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for March 19th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, John Magi, and Walter Eccles is back in the peanut gallery manning that microphone this week. Um, we're going to be doing our normal email voicemail show for you, so I'll just do the usual spiel. If you would like to send us an email, you can send it to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can go to our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out a feedback form there if you have a question on the show, uh, for us to ask us for the show, about the show, comments, suggestions, whatever. You can also give us a call toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 the local number 407-574-5093. If you're listening to us in the UK and you would like to call us, you can call us toll-free 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, toll-free, 1-800-774-531. So with that, we will go ahead and get right into it. Our first voicemail comes to us today from Amy in Abilene, Te- Abilene Texas, who needs a suggestion on a resort for a family vacation. So here's Amy. Hi, podcast crew. This is Amy from Abilene, Texas. I was calling to get your opinion on where my family should stay for our upcoming trip. I've enjoyed your recent reviews of the Fort Wilderness Cabins and All-Star Music Family Suites. I was wondering if you could compare and contrast these two resorts to help me decide which would be best for our family. We we will be traveling in October 2009 with me, my husband, our 2-year-old and 5-year-old sons. We will also be bringing my husband's parents, siblings, and their families. All told, we will have 7 adults and 3 children. While my husband and I have made numerous trips to Walt Disney World, this will be the in-laws' first trip. My son has some medical issues which will require us to prepare most of his meals ourselves, so we need at least a fridge and a microwave in our room. Right now, we have booked a family suite at All Star Music for our family of four and regular rooms for the rest of the family. Last year, we stayed in a one-bedroom at Old Key West. I'm nervous that we will feel extremely cramped at All Star Music, but a DVC resort is a bit out of our budget this year. Plus, the in-laws are extremely frugal, and I'm already nervous about them freaking out about Disney prices. So here are my questions. Number one, will we be really disappointed in all-star music? We've never stayed in the Valley Resort before, but we are open to the idea since we usually spend most of our time in the parks, not in the hotel. Number two, how does the size of a wilderness lodge cabin, or excuse me, a Fort Wilderness cabin, compare to a family suite? Which would feel more open? And number three, Since my husband is in the Air Force and my brother and sister-in-law are in the Army, it is really rare for us to be able to be all together, much less in the same country at the same time. We would like to have a place to congregate in the evenings. Which is more conducive to family togetherness, hanging out in an all-star music family suite or at that resort, or in a solar-nosedness cabin or somewhere at that resort? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I love the podcast, and I can't wait to hear more from you guys. Take care. Bye. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Amy. Um, um, while I was listening to your voicemail, uh, what kept going through my mind uh, is, you know, 
have you considered staying off-site? Um, you know, John and Kevin have uh, Dreams Villas, which is a four-bedroom. They have a four-bedroom uh, townhouse. Villa that would sleep uh, ten people and very comfortably with, you know, multi-generational families and families having their own space, for sure. And a full kitchen. A full kitchen close to the pool on a clubhouse where people could hang out and enjoy sort of an open space rather than everybody being together. Specifically, to answer your question, the All-Star Family Suite is going to be tight. If Very you guys, tight. Mm-hmm. You guys want to go back and hang out together. Someone's going to be sitting in the sink. Someone's going to be sitting in the bathtub. It's not a huge space. And even over at a Fort Wilderness cabin, while it's certainly more spacious than a family suite, and that's going to technically, if you don't mind sleeping on double beds, you could have four adults and two children. Uh, in a cabin, but still, if you wanted to get 10 people in there, it's going to be cramped. Um, so space-wise, you know, it's you may have to make some uh, some sacrifices. Um, the problem with uh, Johnny Kevin's Villa is that it's always full. <laughs> they fill up. We have to buy more. The family suite at uh, All Star would offer you two bathrooms. Where a log cabin or the Fort Wilderness cabin is only going to offer you one. That's true. Another option too is Sheridan Vistana. They have beautiful uh, one and two bedroom units, again with full kitchen, full everything. I mean, you can prepare meals, uh, the whole nine yards. These options are you're only about five or ten minutes away from the parks. Uh, the price point is going to be dramatically less right. than a DVC, a one bedroom at a DVC. As a matter of fact, you could probably get two units at Vistana for less than what you're going to get for a one-bedroom at uh, at a DVC resort. So, you know, it's... It's even going to be dramatically less than what you're looking at for the All-Stars. Yeah. Because if you're looking at you guys being in the, in the family suite and then one or two rooms for the rest of your party... You're probably talking about 300, 300 plus dollars a night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a huge price difference. And I realize off-site you're going to have to rent a car. That's going to be part of your expense. But I think it's all going to work out in the wash. You guys are going to be much happier going off-site. I think so. I mean, I, I know that uh, the on-site experience does offer its perks. But, uh, you know, it sounds like your, your, uh, your purpose is to spend this time with your family right. and have that quality family time, especially if they're members of the family you don't get to see very often. Um, and I would think either Dreams Villas or Sheridan Vistana would probably be a much, much better option for you. And if you have people in your party who are frugal, this really is great because they can buy food and feel comfortable going back to the room and eating rather than you know uh, spending the money on Disney food. That could be very expensive. At Dreams Villas, there's also two master suites. There's yeah. a master and suite downstairs bedroom. and a master suite upstairs, and both have ensuite bathrooms. There is a bathroom for the rest of the bedrooms, but it's nice to be able to offer two couples couples an, uh, a master bedroom. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, really and truly, that would be my suggestion, is that you look to go off-site, especially if price and proximity are, are big issues. Um you know, you could go ahead and get a couple of Fort Wilderness cabins, but now you're talking five, six hundred dollars a night. Yeah. Um, now the Fort Wilderness cabins will have a kitchen also, where the family suite will not. Correct. The family suite will have a microwave. 
And it's, a, and it's yeah, it's I, I I wouldn't call it a full kitchen at the at Fort Wilderness, but it is a full size refrigerator, microwave, stove, oven, um, and all you all, all your utensils and plates and. Glasses. Now at Dreamsville, as we do have a full kitchen. Yeah, there was a full and a kitchen washer there. dryer in the unit. Yep. Now, if your choice is between the two, um, and you're not, and you you, you want to have sort of this place to meet and congregate. Either place in the room isn't going to be convenient, but I think of the two resorts, Fort Wilderness is going to have the better outside area for people yeah. to get together. Yeah. You know, the all star cookout. Right. There's a little cookout. There's thing. a deck. There's a deck with a table and chairs. So you know, it's there's a lot of considerations, and you know, this is a, a problem a lot of families have when they're doing this, these extended family trips. Uh, you know, how many rooms to get. Because it really does get expensive. One room at a Disney resort is expensive, let alone two or three. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for just a second. Sure. If you're traveling with your family who you love dearly, keep in mind that if they're all behind the same door, they're going to be behind the same door all the time. Right. Having those separate rooms might be something that's worth the money. One of the, the biggest feedbacks we get all the time is people say – who come to St. Dreams Villas is that it's a different vacation experience. They can sleep late. The kids can get up early, watch TV, play. And so it's not like everyone in the room is up at one time because one person's up right. making noise. So it's a much more relaxing experience. Right. That's what I mean. If you're going to get in like a, a, a four bedroom, every room has its own door and its own television. So you can kind of segment yourself away from your family. That was kind of the point I was going to And if, you're, if your in-laws are money watchers and you want to really impress the heck out of them, uh, bring them to Dreams Villas or to uh, Sheridan Vistana, and they'll be blown away, especially when you tell them how much you're paying. I'll tell you, we had friends stay at Sheridan Vistana, and we went over there for an evening where we did sort of a potluck dinner. We actually went to the Vistana Villages, which is a little further away on International Drive, and... We had eight people, I think, in that room. Eight of a full-size adults, comfortably. My parents in. love it there. I mean, that's why we celebrated um, uh, Thanksgiving this year. My mom had a full spread out um, yep. in the kitchen. Amazing, Plenty of room to cook. It looks like a model showroom. It really it does. Like it a, is. A, a model home. The, the, this is not chumpy furniture that's put in these units. These no. are This is like high-end, really good yeah. quality furniture. It's funny you should say that. When I walked into it, I said, John... The biggest compliment I can give this is this is stuff that I would put in my house. Yeah, yeah. my mom was pricing some of the countertops. She was like, "What model is this? What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of sink is this? Let me let me see how much this is." Yeah, so we can you know, and yes, we have financial relationships with both of these places. Just for full disclosure, but as I said many many times on the show, I won't have a financial relationship with any place I wouldn't put my own family and have. So. One more thing before you go on, especially if you have relatives that are frugal, staying off-site and having a car allows you to stop in one night and get two boxes of fried chicken. A box of fried chicken at Publix is, I think, eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So you could have dinner for 10 for under 20 bucks. That's going to impress people who are frugal, as opposed to if you stay on-site and you're eating every Three squares meal, a deal right. on Disney, that's going to get very expensive. This allows you a whole lot of options that are a lot less all right. Well, I hope that answers your question, Amy. Thank you very much for calling in. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin. I have to put my glasses on podcast. Bingo, folks. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Heidi. Heidi Hedges. 
And she says, I'm working on planning an upcoming trip to Walt Disney World. I'm booking through Dreams Unlimited Travel, of course, and that would include dinner at Narcissus after your recommendation. My question is, I hope you haven't already addressed it, atmosphere for a nine-year-old. Do you think other diners would be offended by a well-behaved little girl? She's been to Artist Point three times and did great. Can you compare the two? Do you think her dad and I would enjoy more if she went to the kids club? I appreciate your honesty and want to hear your opinion. Even if you don't read this on the show, could you please respond? I truly do want to know if I should plan to include her or enjoy an evening just the two of us. All right, I'm going to answer this as two separate questions. The first one, would she be? Would it be appropriate? We've been there several times, and there's always children inside. This is a fine restaurant. However, as I've said before, it's a casually elegant fine restaurant. It's got kind of a beach theme. It's a lot of whitewashed wood, shutters, things like that. It's some of the best real estate, in my opinion, in all of the park. You can see the Magic Kingdom. You can see the Contemporary. You can see the Polynesian. You can see the Grand Floridian. If you're going at the right time, you can watch Wishes from the Balcony outside. If you would take her to Artist Point, my feeling is she would be perfectly acceptable yes. at Narcissus. Right. Uh, no one's going to dance around. I We just celebrated a birthday there. And one of the things that we didn't want was we didn't want any singing or any fanfare. However, we did want the pre-printed menu. If you let them know it's your birthday, they'll print your name at the top of the menu. And one of the things they said was they don't do that. So this is not going to be... Meaning the hoopla. Right. There's no hoopla. As a matter of fact, that was the word he used. We don't do any hoopla. <laughs> it was, it's, a, it's an elegant but casually elegant evening. So I hope that answers your question. And there have been... We've seen children. There are young children as well. As long as that, you know... There's not that crazy blood-curdling screaming going on. Right. People understand it's Disney, and there's going to be kids there. You as know? long as we're addressing this, there was a thread on the board recently. Would a 16-month-old be appropriate at California Grill? Well, there are no age restrictions on any restaurant in Disney property except Victoria right. and Albert's. No, and if that's their only opportunity to eat out, and they're not going to use the kids' club, as long as your 16-month-old is well-behaved and quiet, I mean, is it the kind of thing that I would take a 16-month-old so they could see it? No. No. Right. But if that's your only opportunity and you want to eat a California girl, I see absolutely no reason why you shouldn't bring your 16-month-old. However, the minute they start screaming or throwing things, it's your responsibility as an adult to get up and remove them from that situation because not everyone is as enamored with your child as you are. (laughs) So that's the first thing. The second part of your question is, should we put her in the kids' club or should we take her to dinner with you? Now, do you want a special dinner for just the two of you? Uh, Teresa and... Stella have, it took me a second, I'm a little slow. Teresa and Stella have reviewed the Kids Club at the Grand Floridian and found it to be terrific, right? Right, yeah, great. So it's the kind of thing, if you're looking for a nice evening out, I think this is a great place to do it. And if you're looking for something different and special for her to do, she might actually enjoy going to the Kids Club. You know, it might be something that's fun for her where she might not find it fun to go to Narcusi's. She might enjoy one of the pirate cruises out of the Polynesian also for the kids the special polynesian kids club thing our pirates cruise thing so that might be something you could kind of line up give her a special event you have a special event so do whatever you think is right but yeah i'm thinking i'm sure she'll be fine agreed great thank you very much kevin who else has an email they'd like to read i do this is from lynn garrity ducky is lost on the boards hi diz unplugged podcast crew i'm planning a trip to the world and I've been looking over the restaurant list. I've been 
listening to the Diz and other Disney podcasts for about a year, and I've noticed that there are a few restaurants that I never seem to hear anything about, good or bad. They are the Plaza Restaurant in the Magic Kingdom, Bistro de Paris in Epcot, Big River Grill and Brewing Works on the Boardwalk, Bongos at Downtown Disney, and Hollywood and Vine in Hollywood Studios. Are there any reasons these places never get talked about? Are they simply more interesting options near their locations? What are your opinions on them? Thanks, and keep up the good work, Lynn. Okay, well, we have reviewed the Plaza. We have. We have reviewed Bistro de Paris. Actually, we haven't. We've re- reviewed Chefs de France. You didn't review, do, do a review of Bistro? No, yet. Bistro's upstairs. I haven't been there yet. Oh, okay. I We're thought... going to head there, though. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned? Bongos. Bongos. Hollywood and Vine. We, I have been to Bongos many years ago. I am not a huge fan of Cuban food. Neither am I. So it's not one of the places that would spring to mind unless I was working. Pete and I went twice. We really didn't care for it either time. Yeah. It wasn't... I, I, yeah. It's just a personal taste with me. Beautiful uh, restaurant. It is beautiful. Um, Hollywood and Vine, I think we reviewed as well. Then we all go to dinner one night. And Hollywood and Vine, in my opinion, is a chaotic yeah. buffet. Yes. It shares a uh, kitchen with 50s Primetime Cafe... And people seem to either really, really like it, and that's the minority, or they detest it. See, I liked it. It doesn't. It wasn't like I'll rush back, but it was. A, you know, it was a good meal. It was you went good. there on your anniversary, right? Yeah, that's where the good thing about now. about buffets is that if you find something you like or a few things you like, you can make it good. I think in Disney buffets, you know, you have that. There's always going to be something that's not great. But at least if there's a couple things that are good, you could turn the whole experience right. around. I found the food to be a mess, and I found the experience to be just chaotic and crazy. But it's also like there's no theme at Hollywood and Vine. There's no cohesiveness to it. So it seems to me that you'll find, in my opinion, it was it was chaotic. There wasn't. It was very noisy, very loud. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on, and I thought the food. Was typical buffet food. Buffet food. Yeah. I I have no reason to recommend that people go there unless it's a last resort. Right. Yeah. What was the other one she mentioned? Big River Grill. I like Big River Grill. I think it's I re- a lot of mixed reviews on the site. Yeah. I, I like the fact you can sit outside. Get you can people watch. I like the brewery. There's a seasonal beer there, Magnolia Brown. Love it. Um, we actually have a voicemail coming up at Big River Grill. So yeah, I think the the thing about Big River Grill is that it's. Uh, of all the places in that area, it's kind of one of the most casual, where you can get a sandwich right. yeah. or a burger and just sort of sit down and relax. It's not that, you know, I have to go to the Flying Fish. I'm having an experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. As far as the as far as the restaurants that she mentioned, the one that I would recommend without hesitation the is the Plaza. We love the Plaza. The Plaza is a jewel. Delicious food. It's very very casual. It's sandwiches and burgers and things like that. They but have good sandwiches shakes. and good burgers. Good quality. And the it seemed to me that the folks that work there have been with Disney a very long time. That's right the, off Main Street, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Right next to the ice cream shop between there and the Tomorrowland Noodle Terrace. Mm-hmm. It's one of those places that gets overlooked. It's not a fine dining establishment and it is it's very casual food and it's as I say sandwiches and things like that but in my opinion it's hard to get in so it must be good because we've tried several times they also offer some really nice healthy options rather than just burgers and fries it's a small space there are a few tables inside so that's why it's always busy one of the things I love about it is it's it's really old world Disney yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's been the same since it opened so that would be my 100% recommend that the other one's it's hit or miss. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you very much for that, Teresa. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Chrissy in California, who has some questions about restaurants at Walt Disney World. So here is Chrissy. Hi, everyone. This is Chrissy from Waldemar, California. Princess Chrissy on the board. My fiancé and I are leaving in about two weeks to celebrate our 10th anniversary at the World, and we will be on the Disney Dining Plan. The closer it gets to our trip, though, I get more and more indecisive about our ADR, so I'm hoping you all might be able to help me out a little bit. Our current itinerary has us going to Beaches and Cream at 11 a.m. on a Monday for lunch, taking the boat over to Epcot for the afternoon, and taking the boat back to the Beach Club around 7 p.m. And since we'll be over by the boardwalk at dusk, I thought it would be a perfect setting for a nice, relaxing dinner. So I called the Big River Grill and made a priority seating for an outside table at 7.45 based on some praises given to this restaurant on previous podcasts. Now, I've only been to Disney World one time, but my mom has made several trips, so I've been running my plans by her for her advice. And as soon as I told her our schedule for this day, um, she went into a little mini rant about wasting two table service credits at this restaurant and... um, that really I'd just be better off going to Captain's Grill at the Yacht Club. So I did a little bit of research on the boards and saw that her reaction to Big River seems to pretty much run with the consensus. The majority of people just don't seem to like it. They complain about the food, the service, um, the atmosphere. But so with that, I now have an ADR for Captain's Grill at 745. I conformed, I know. Um, but anyway, I was really looking forward to the atmosphere of eating on the boardwalk as a center setting. So I'm hoping that you all might be able to give me a little more information on the two restaurants. What is the atmosphere like? Are they comparable to each other? How is the food? Neither of us are big beer drinkers, so we wouldn't be going to Big River for the microbrewery. And uh, But my fiancé does really love steak, and I know that both places have it on their menu. Um, again, we will be on the dining plan. We're both in our early 30s. And so we're just kind of looking for a place to have a nice, relaxing dinner after a day in the parks, um, good food, nice setting. So I'm hoping you might be able to give us some more information on that. And if possible, maybe Kevin could do a dining review on either one or both of these places. Um, if you aren't able to get this message before we leave, I'd still love to hear your thoughts. Thanks to everyone on the crew for all you do. Love the show. Well, thank you very much, Chrissy, for calling in. Um, yeah, I know I know there are mixed reviews of Big River Grill on the boards. Uh, I've always had a fairly good experience there. I, I we don't, have, too. I agree. I, I, I can't really say that the food is terrible, the service was terrible. Every time I've eaten there, and it's been a few times, and, you know, fairly recently, I, I had a, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and say it was, you know, this great experience that I can't wait to get back again, but it was certainly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one time, just because we asked, they took us on a tour of their little microbrewery, right, yeah. which was really, really cool. Um, even if you're not, in, I'm not into beer. Even when I was drinking, I wasn't into beer. But uh, going, being able to see how they make uh, their their beer there was really a, a really cool experience. Something a little different. Um, so I, I, you know, now Captain's Grill. You know, John, Kevin, and I disagree on this because I've been there several times and have always had a flawless experience. It's always been great food. Uh, when those two went to do the review, they did not have a good experience at all. Um, but uh, I've been back. I was back very recently, as a matter of fact, and you know it's been a very consistently good experience for me. So um, I really don't have anything negative to say about either place. There's there's no comparison as far as atmosphere. No, I no, agree. not as far as atmosphere. No, it's apples and oranges. One's an interior restaurant, 
in the lobby of the beach i'm sorry of the yacht club uh the other is you would be sitting outside on the boardwalk which is really nice right mm-hmm. i don't have the the dining plan uh specifics in front of me so I was surprised when she said it was two dining credits. Yeah, I'm surprised by that as yeah. well. I get the feeling she meant one for her and one for her husband. I don't think she meant it would be a four credit okay. meal. Okay, as I say, if that's the case, it's definitely not worth no. to use four credits. No. Right. Then you could go to Narcissus. Right. It's not a signature restaurant, so it shouldn't be two. Right. Or the Yachtsman. However, I was going to say, if he's so into steak, and if it were two credits per person, I would say go to the Yachtsman. I mean, go to, um, yes, the Yachtsman Steakhouse. But, yeah... I, I <laughs> While I believe we had a singular experience at the captain's grill, it was enough to turn us off. Yeah. So I don't really have anything good to say about it. I didn't eat there. But I've also only eaten at the the Big River a couple of times. You're talking very, very different things. Yeah. It, right. The Big River is more of a pub yeah. kind of thing, where the Captain's Grill is more of a restaurant. But yeah, if you're looking for a nice, relaxing uh, meal on the boardwalk, watching the sunset, Big River is perfect. And if you're pairing it up with beaches and cream yeah. and a day in Epcot, it and makes sense. It's, it's kind of more of in the, along the lines of that, right? Relaxing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be my vote. Laid back. So I, I stick with Big River Grill if that's what you're looking for because the atmosphere is more in line with what you want. Now she's got to call back and change her ADR and deal with her mother. <laughs> Send her to us. We know how to rant. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much again, Chrissy. Who else has an email they'd like I'll to read? I'll go. Um, this is from Steve Goff. I am a retired military vet and found out about the free five-day pass that I am eligible for. Is that good only for five consecutive days, or can the days be spread out over nine days? Well, the answer to this one is it's different than all the other tickets that are out there. This You can use um, the five days up until December the 23rd. So if you wanted to go one day a month, you could do that. Where the other ones, it's within 14 days. But this one, um, and just keep in mind, it's only for you. You like can't give the ticket to somebody else to, to get you in. But, yeah, you've got until December 23rd to use those five days. Cool. Thank you very much for that, Kathy. You're welcome. Who else has one? I have one from Amanda from Rochester, New York. Hey, podcast crew, Main Street Mandy on the Diz. Quick question. I am taking my boyfriend to Disney in June for his first adult trip. I am a former cast member and know my way around Walt Disney World pretty well, but I am stumped on this one. We arrive on his birthday, and I am surprising him with lunch at ESPN to watch the Yankees game. I was planning on taking him to Wide World of Sports, to do the NFL experience later in the week, but heard it's closed indefinitely. He was also planning on going golfing at Oak Trail to use our plus passes and just heard that's closed beginning of June. What would be some other suggestions of something you might that he might like um, sports-related? Thanks, and I love listening. Unfortunately, the wild world of sports in June, unless he's into soccer and amateur baseball, there's nothing there for him. I, you know, he might want to do something uh, water sports related, uh, maybe parasailing, water skiing. <laughs> um, you know, maybe the uh, the Segway tours might be something that he might want to do there at Fort Wilderness. There's the archery experience. Um, if you want to do something off property, uh, if he's an adrenaline junkie, maybe the Sky Coaster. I was just going to say that slingshot you guys yeah. into. <laughs> yeah, slingshot him into. Uh Eustace. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll come and spin him around until he's Disney and he'll give us 100 bucks. 
You know, but as far as like baseball or football, you know, it's slim pickings. You know, you're bringing them to the ESPN club uh, to watch the game. That's that's about all there really is. Stay at the All Star Sports. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, all all of those things um, you have to pay extra for. They're not going to be included in your uh, your tickets. Take them to Winter Summerland. The well, miniature a, golf course. Well, if he's a golfer, the uh, uh, Fantasia Gardens has that you know miniaturized real golf course. It's not like putt putt. You know, I and, hate miniature golf. Well, that's really hard. You know, the the, the putt putt <laughs> side is is cool, but the side that has like the real it's like a it's like a, a it's like a miniaturized version of a real like professional golf course, and it's got sand traps and water traps, all sorts mm. of nonsense, and it's and it doesn't really, have a windmill. And it's it's horribly difficult. So well, at Fantasia, there is a, a different course that's supposed to be. You could take him to the drag race, the, the drag races, which is Pete running the marathon in high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are sick. <laughs> Y'all are too twisted. I bet she doesn't ask us any other questions. Yeah, <laughs> really? Got any other questions, lady? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, those are the specific things for, for sports fans. It's not like there's something in every park or every right. turn. It just so happens June at Wild World of Sports, there's not much. It'd be a wide waste of space. Exactly. Time, unless you just want to go tour the place. This is where we do really cool stuff when you're not here. What? This is where they do really cool stuff when you're not here. Yeah. I don't understand. Take a tour of the place and see, like, they do right. cool stuff when you're not this here. This is where the Atlanta Braves practice. Oh, oh I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking, talking to Corey. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Corey's not here. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Corey. Walter, you have one? Yes, I do. This is from Kim from Juliet, Illinois. She said, I was listening to your segment on what to wear for dinner on a cruise. <laughs> we took our one and only cruise in 2002. No one told us that there was a dress code. And since we did not bring dress attire... For us or our girls, we were turned away, had to eat dinner in our room, and was charged for it. We were wearing jeans, shorts, and tank tops. I wish someone had told us beforehand. I think a lot of cruisers, like us, are, in quotes, on vacation. Cruise companies and travel agents should inform their newbies so they don't end up looking like fools. I think that's why we have the, uh, the little primer before we go so everyone knows what to wear and what not to wear. Except Walter. I learned. She doesn't mean. Yeah, but it took eight cruises, apparently. Does she say she was on? I don't think she. She does not say she was on Disney, Disney cruise. She no, just says Disney she took eight cruises. Yeah, they will Disney not and turn you away. Would never do that. They no. would never turn you away. I mean, you know, they're going to try to accommodate you and make sure that you have a good time. And charging you for food, I've never heard of that. Yeah, no. but you know what? Even on Celebrity, that that was a formal cruise every night. I mean, right, you had to be dressed form. up, even to walk around the ship after a certain time. And I still saw people not dressed up and, and they were dining and they weren't being turned away. So One of the things that people don't know about the Disney Cruise Line is that you can go to the restaurants and get food to go. Yep. So if you decide you don't, you want to have the food in the restaurant in your stateroom, you can go down and talk to your wait I staff. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. And they'll, they'll put in those little things with the tin covers and you bring oh, up to your Oh, that's room. nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you for that, Walter. Our next voicemail comes to us from Hillary in Houston, who has a question about moving to Orlando. So here's Hillary. Don't you know nothing? Nope. It's not Hillary. <laughs> Wrong That's bank. Bob. 
Wrong bank. Sorry about that. That was Bill. Hey, Biz Unplugged. This is Hillary from Houston, Texas. My husband and I love Walt Disney World so much, we are taking serious consideration into moving to Florida to be nearer to the world. Could you recommend a few nice, family-oriented neighborhoods approximately 20 to 30 minutes from Walt Disney World? I look forward to hearing your answer. Okay, Hillary, we can always uh, check Pine Hills. Oh no! <laughs> kidding. Um, actually, there are uh, there are several areas, uh, it, it, but again, it all comes down to price point. Um, how much you're willing to spend on a house? Now, you've got the Dr. Phillips Windermere area, which is not uh, which is fairly close to Disney. A lot of Disney executives live in that area. Uh, those houses are among the more. That's one of the more expensive areas of town to live in. Like Bay Hill is there in Bay that Hill. Uh, it's also where Tiger Woods has a house, and a lot of other celebrities have houses. Uh, another great area, very close to uh, Disney, not as expensive as Dr. Phillips Windermere, is the Hunters Creek area, which is right on the border of Orlando and Kissimmee, and uh, it's a, built up a lot over the years, and. That's a very nice area. Winter Garden is also... But Winter Garden's a little ways out. It's fairly close to Disney, though. It's on the other side of Disney. A lot of people watch the fireworks in their backyard over there. Yeah, well, that's also also true in... um, uh, Bob lived in Claremont. uh, Well, she's talking 25 to 30 minutes, St. Cloud. St. Cloud is a very small town, about 15 miles east of Disney. It takes you about 25 miles to get to... From our house to downtown, and houses run from the millions to below a hundred thousand. And I'll yeah. put in a plug for my neighborhood out in Polk County. It's it's like twelve miles from my house to the parks, but it's like you're out in the country, but yet you're close enough to the parks, and you're on the side of I four that traffic's not bad. Where if you start going towards town here, traffic is bad if you have to use I four. The problem with that area is it never seems to have a name. It's like you always just refer to it as West of Disney. Champions Gate. Oh, it never yeah, has a name. That's sad. It doesn't. I mean, but you don't live in Champions Gate, do you? No, I live like behind Champions Gate. Right. I could throw baseball. But Davenport. It's not Davenport, like Haines City. It's not. There, okay. it, there's no name for that area just west of Disney. I like Orlando. Don't you like Orlando? Yeah. I do. I like this. And she's from Houston, so, you know. One of the things about Orlando is that you have to understand there's a there's a, a city center to Orlando, but then there's the suburbs of Orlando. Right. So when you mention Orlando, it's huge. It is huge. So, And the actual downtown of Orlando is not like no. You know, no. a big city. No. It's a one-horse town. It really. is but old. it's cool. It's cool. It, it is cool, but it's hard to explain to people that yeah. Orlando is a very small actual city. However... The city, the property of Orlando, the the land of Orlando. I mean, Pete lives in Orlando, and we live in St. Cloud, but we're an hour apart. Right. So, I mean, you know, you can live on opposite sides yeah. of Orlando and be an hour apart. It's a lot of little pocket neighborhoods that are encompassed under the umbrella Orlando. You're also going to want to uh, take into consideration what's important to you. If you have children who are in school, you're going to want to investigate the school districts. Stay out of Orange County. I'm sorry. Can I say that out loud? Mm. Say whatever you want. Say what now? If you have kids, don't go to Orange County. Stay out of Orange County. Yeah, because we never have opinions. <laughs> well, Orlando is Orange County. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. go outside Orlando. 
so you have to you know take into account is it school districts that are important? Yeah, to you? school districts. You have to understand that Florida's Florida and schools don't go well together. Right. I would is never it, make any decision from far away. Yeah, it's one of those things. Tell you tell the story. Oh, the story of when Pete and I first were moving down here, and we thought, okay, where are we going to live? So we took a compass, you know, the thing with the pointy end and the pencil on the other end, and we said, well, where can we live that would be, let's say, 40 minutes to Disney? Because when we were in New Jersey, we drove 40 minutes to work. We thought, well, that's not bad, a 40-minute drive. And when you did that on the map, you know, you wound up, like, in the ocean yeah. <laughs> and up in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to kind of, like, pinpoint your stay a little more accurately. It's it just... It also, you know, when you look at the map, it looks like things aren't far away. Florida can have, especially central Florida, can have really tough traffic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could live 10 miles away on I-4, but if you're heading the wrong way during rush hour, you can sit on the world's longest parking lot on I-4 and stop. So it's really going to depend on, as Pete said, price point. And what amenities are important to you? See, I live, in, I live in the outskirts, just, on, just outside of downtown. I'm close enough to get into downtown if I need to um, without being in the middle of it. Uh, I'm also close enough to Disney. I'm about 25 minutes from Disney, 20, 25 minutes from Disney here. Um, as I shared in the cruise line uh, report that we did last week, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to go from the front door of my house into my stateroom on the Disney cruise line from where I live. So I, I like this area a lot. Um, a little more built up than I, I'm comfortable with. I'd like to live someplace maybe a little bit more rural, have a little bit more land. But right Come out na- to no-name town. No. <laughs> but see, we Not could that say way. all the things that you just said, we could say the exact same things. We're 25 minutes from Disney. We're an hour from the port. However, we live an hour apart. Right, yeah. So it's it's really hard to pinpoint. See, I like the architecture in this area. It's so funky and retro, and that's what I like about yeah. areas of Orlando. Well, the other thing, century modern. The other thing people need to keep in mind is that Disney is a forty-seven square mile resort. So, twenty minutes to Disney can apply to a lot of places, which is what mm-hmm. Kevin's talking about. You know, like when Bob bought his house out in Claremont, it was like. You know, he was only 10, 15 minutes from property, yet, um, uh, you know, to get to his house was like, you know, going to visit Grandma in the woods. When I first met John, he lived in Claremont, and it was an hour and a half on the turnpike. That's on a highway <sighs> yeah, it's from where I live. So it is 10 to 15 minutes from property. However, it's 10 to 15 minutes from property on the diametric opposite side of where yeah, we live now. Exactly. I would say come down and take a ride around. That's yeah. what I did it's a couple the, of weekends. Moved down yeah. here. Come it's down the best and, way to do it. Yeah. Find out what appeals to you. And then let your brother-in-law pick your house. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Orlando has no culture, though. You need to, you know, if you're coming from a place that has a lot of culture, Orlando's a, a melting pot. You know, Disney is the culture here. Theme parks are the culture. Yeah. You know, and so finding, or you know, and Orlando it, natives are few and far between. And understand that... Your Disney experience changes when you live here. I'm not going to say it gets worse. I'm just going to say it's different. It's not like the excitement that you have planning your trips, the excitement you have in the day or two before you actually get here. Um, all of those extremes kind of go away because it, you, you know. But they're 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 exchanged with. 
you know, for example, tonight we're going to go meet, Walter and I are going to meet a friend at the Kona Cafe for dinner. It's a last minute thing. Um, you get to go and get, hop into your car and say, I'm going to have dinner in Epcot tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're and not that on never vac- gets old. But you're not on vacation anymore. Right. So those right. 10 days of having just fun to do changes. Right. Because even though you're going to Kona Cafe, you work today. Right. You have to do laundry. You have mm-hmm. to come back and feed the cat. You have to come back and edit dog. the show. Yeah. Right. So it's like even though Disney World is a little ways away, you don't have those days of relaxation yeah. and I'm on vacation kind but of thing. you get the I can go back next month and do something I missed right. today yeah. we've said this before it changes the way you look at the park you don't wait in line anymore either I'm not waiting in line an hour for anything I'll come back later when you say I'm going to Disney World and you live away everybody's like oh really nice you say here I'm going to Disney World like for what yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly well some of us are planning to go to uh, Flower and Garden tomorrow but it's all going to be work. We're going to go take pictures of flowers and topiaries and stuff like that. Best job you can ever ask for, but right. it's still work. Right, right. I go to Disney World to buy caramel corn, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it does change the experience. That's something to keep in mind. I think a lot of people come down to Orlando, move down to Orlando, Disney fans anyway, thinking they're going to just be on one big, long vacation, and it really isn't like that. So it's... Uh, like I said, it doesn't make it worse. It just makes it different. So keep that in mind. But, yeah, I would strongly suggest taking some time to drive around the area. Um, start, you know, look at houses. Look at, you know, think about your price point um, in terms of whether you're renting or going to purchase or how much do you want to spend on a house. price of houses right now is real good. It's a buyer's market here. So, you know, plenty of opportunities. So. Hope that answers your question, Hillary. Thank you very much for calling. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Yeah. Mine is actually addressed directly to Pete. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. Last Tuesday, along with rolling out D23, Disney Corporate laid off many assistant oh, yeah, managers at the Disney store. From what I'm told, the second assistant manager in every store nationwide was laid off. It amazes me that corporate can put out all this money into D23 especially at a point when most families can't afford it, and on the same day throw away some of its most dedicated fans. At my store, we lost the most, quote-unquote, Disney person on staff. She had the best attitude, biggest smile, most playful spirit, knew the parks backwards and forwards. She is a true Disnoid. Uh, She had been with Disney for 20 years. Where is the magic in that? I haven't heard anything in the news about this, but thought you should know. This is from Gabby Mom on the boards. Um, and it, we heard about that whole 600 uh, employees being laid off and being offered packages. Something that's happened here semi-quietly is that another 50 people were laid off at Disney, and they didn't quite fit into the management role. Kevin, tell the story you saw on the news. There was a gentleman on the news who had been with um, the Disney financial department. Oh, I saw that. He had been there for 22 years. Um, he had some health problems and was taking care of his mom who had entered dementia. And he figured after being there for that long that he was set. And he was told on Friday that he was done and wouldn't be needed on Monday. And he was a man of a certain age and was curious as to where anybody thought he was going to get a job. Mm. But he had put in 22 years and was not offered a different position with Disney. He was told you're done. It wasn't offered the package. That's right. Sad. Just let go. So, so there was no buyout. So while there's this sort of, uh, you know, 
we understood 600 people got packages and we understood there's going to be a cutback. There's a whole other layer of people who, like this person at the Disney store, who are affected by this. Now, I do want to say, Disney's been working on D23 for years. So it's not like... Right. They could have they could have held off on launching it. I'm sorry. They could have held off on launching it. It was myopic in the first place to launch this in this economy. It shows you're out of touch on, on many levels. It shows you're out of touch because of the money you're asking for... Because the the offerings just have no bearing whatsoever on those people who actually vacation at Disney World. These are for historians and collecting buffs. Um, but then you hear, and you know, it's a good point she raises. You hear stories like this about people getting laid off, people getting uh, losing their jobs, and Disney is spending millions and millions of dollars marketing this crappy club, another merchandise marketing club. It's a very polarizing thing on our boards also. I've decided to back out of all conversation regarding it. We've all made our feelings known, and at this point it's just become I said, you said. Well, you know what? It's polarizing because you've got, the, you've got people out there that just refuse to believe that Disney – refuse to look at Disney with anything other than rose-colored glasses. Should we add some D23 subscriptions in the prize matron? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should give away an $850 pan <laughs> that comes with instructions. With instructions. Oh, Lord. I know, I know, I know. It's not part of D23. I don't care. All right, well, thank you very much for that, John. <laughs> John, you knew. He knew exactly you? what he was doing. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. It's throwing gasoline on the fire. But I wasn't here for last week, so at least I got You listened to it, though, right? What no, do you think yet. of D23, Corey? You didn't give your opinion last week. Oh, yeah. Everybody give their opinion? Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. I wouldn't pay for it. I think in, I know a few cast members that uh, think it's ridiculous, too. The thing that bothers me is that it's, people keep telling me it's only $75. And after you add up the cost of the four $16 magazines and you want to scream, wait, it's a $16 magazine. But, you know, I think if you're into the magazine thing and you're a history buff and... I wrote Walt's 900-page biography for 21. And I want to just reiterate that it's not that I think it's a bad idea for people who are Disney fans that are real into the archives and the history and the collectibles. That's a very legitimate side of the Disney fan community. And I'm not taking anything away from that. And for people who are into that, that's great. This is your thing. But yeah. the thing the thing for me is this. This part of the fan community, the part that travels to Disney World three times a year, four times a year, spends their money in the hotels and the resorts, as I said last week, that side has always been forgotten. They are looked at as consumers, not as fans. And where is a loyalty program for those fans should have been part and parcel of this offering, and it wasn't. For the first time, Disney touts this whole thing. For the first time in our history, we're recognizing our fans. It took you 80 freaking years to do it, and now you want a medal? It took you 80 years to recognize your fans, and even then you only recognized one portion of the community. So D23 is a complete and utter joke. I don't care who disagrees with me. You're entitled to your opinion, so there. My issue is mainly the... um feeling that you have to join this group to be considered an official quote-unquote disney fan yeah kiss my b- that's where my issue lies. that's the part that's not staying in <laughs> d23 deserves to fail 
until they go back to the drawing board and get it right. And if they go back to the drawing board and get it right and they put the things in there that need to be in there to recognize the entire fan community and not just the one piece of it they know about, then, hey, look, I'll, I'll change my tune. I'm not, a, I'm, I, I'm not saying that I'm entrenched that forever D23 is a piece of garbage. What they presented last week, in my opinion, is garbage, and I am not alone. I know this because my email box is exploding with emails from people who listened to my rant last week. Can I, I want to just add something, though, just sort of to temper this. There are people on our boards who think that this is something they want to join and they want to participate in. If it's something you want to join in, you're Absolutely. Not I, I, like I said, I'm not saying it's not legitimate. Right. I'm just saying that an it's entire piece of the fan community has been left out of this. I would also say, too, if you're dissatisfied with what they came up with, let Disney know. Maybe. I think I have. Well, no, I mean, I'm talking, no, I know you have. I'm saying all the, the listeners out there and the people I mean, he, who have. I believe I, I don't, I don't I, I'm, I'm guessing I didn't beat around the book. Oh, no, 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 no. no you're very, but, you know, all those people that are at home that were dissatisfied with, with what Disney came up with, they don't have a microphone. Email them. But email no. them, write them a letter, saying, tell them. There's a thread on the boards that I've gotten involved in where we're, what we're doing is we're doing a grassroots letter writing campaign. Don't email. Emails are too disposable, too easy to get rid of. Sit down, write a physical letter, be respectful, point out what you like, what you don't like, but let the powers. Hey, you know, know. you can even to some degree throw respect out the window because they're not showing you any respect. Respect is something that's earned, not handed out freely. What bothered me about this was the complete lack of respect that is repeatedly shown to this part of the fan community. And when uh, we'll st- we can start showing them some respect when they start showing us some respect. Give us a damn loyalty program already. You're very, very late to the ball on this one, Cinderella. I'm just saying don't, like, cut letters out of a magazine and glue them together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> from the serial killer slant. <laughs> this is not taxi driver. <laughs> but in that thread, there are uh, addresses for you to write to to address your letter to Bob Iger and... Uh, let them know how you feel, people. Let them know how you feel. That's the only way you're going to make change. But I, I say stay away from email. Make it a physical letter that someone has to open. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, our final voicemail today comes to us from an anonymous caller who has questions on surprising his wife on an upcoming trip. Write her a letter. To Disney. <laughs> He's going to recognize his voice. No, he, he, he's altered his voice, as you will hear. Hi, podcast team. Uh, this is uh, Anonymous calling from uh, Canada. I just want to first off say that I love this show. Uh, it keeps, keeps me busy for a couple hours a week, and uh, I appreciate it very much. Keep up the good work. Second off, let me explain my voice. Uh, I'm calling regarding um, regarding a surprise I want to give for my wife on our trip coming up in the next couple of months. It's a mini-me. And uh, she listens to the podcast, so uh, this is hopefully... Um, a good enough tactic to keep her uh, keep her on the down low, so uh, she won't figure out what I've uh, got planned for. Her. Anyways, let me give you a couple uh, uh, a couple facts about our trip. There's uh, the four of us are going down: me, my wife, my daughter, and a friend of mine. Um, and we're going to be staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and we'll be going in. Uh, let's just say in the next three months um, during our trip. Um, one of those days is uh, my wife and I's anniversary, and uh, I will be taking her to uh, a dinner at a specific. 
uh, we'll just say an unnamed restaurant. Um, the original plan was to watch wishes from the restaurants and dramatic and figure out which one it is. Um, but unfortunately... Yeah, you're kind of uh, limiting it there. I couldn't get the time online, so instead we're going to go to dinner, and I'm going to bring her to to uh, Undisclosed Beach, and we're going to watch... Uh, <laughs> uh, more specifically... Um, <laughs> The hotel that we're going to be going to watch the fireworks from is, is my wife's favorite hotel. In Let's say the Aronesian. <laughs> <laughs> She's never going to crack this code, I swear. <laughs> We've got her fooled. <laughs> Is she eight? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Isney Day. <laughs> um, um, all right, let's listen to the rest of the man's voicemail. Budget restraints, so we won't be staying there this trip, and we have yet to stay there, but... I was thinking I might surprise you that night with one night at the hotel. Um, my my buddy will be watching my, my child, so we don't have to worry about that. But my question is, I hold a reservation uh, for a week at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, this one night, I want to book just a room-only reservation at this other hotel, but my friend and my daughter will still be staying um, at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. I will still have that reservation for that day. Am I going to have a problem booking two hotel reservations under my name. Are you going to use so, this voice? What do you suggest I do to get around that? Uh, I know that uh, my wife would be uh, extremely surprised and and uh, enjoy that night alone, uh, considering we'll be, be there for ten days and me and my daughter and my wife and my friend in, a, in an animal kingdom room. Uh, two beds will be, I'm sure, quite enough for us. And uh, the one day away will probably come as a welcome event. So, Looking forward to your answer. Uh, once again, thanks again. Um, I, I enjoy your podcast and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Okay, you didn't leave us uh, your contact information, so. I'll contact his wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to answer your question, you will not have a problem uh, having an overlapping reservation. It happens all the time um, where people have multiple reservations at different resorts if they have, you know, f- family members with them and. Some family stay in some place, and some, one person makes the reservation. So uh, you're not going to have a problem. And if somebody does question you when you book it, you just explain to them what you said to us. You're doing something special for your wife, and it should not be uh, should not be a problem. Got Toda balloon around with helium in it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are the wife, and your anniversary is in the next three months, and you're going to Isney Day. <laughs> To an undisclosed restaurant with a view of wishes on an undisclosed beach. <laughs> and, <a> beach. <laughs> and it's your favorite. And you're from Canada with a child and a friend. Staying <laughs> at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Hmm. Act surprised. <laughs> and just keep pretending you're not with him. Oh, Lord. That was funny. Oh. <sighs> All right, well... <laughs> Undisclosed beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we certainly got a good laugh out of that, didn't we? All right, well, thanks very much for calling in Unknown. Um, we you were subtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to stand out. Um, that is actually going to do it for our show this week. We hope 
you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.